Hello, everyone. So good to be here. Tonight, we are finishing our series going through the book of Ephesians. Can you guys believe that? We made it to the end. Did you guys enjoy the series? Yeah, clapping. It was awesome. I personally was so challenged and encouraged by going through this amazing letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. We started way back in February going through the core of our faith, the foundation of our faith, and then our journey as Christians, our walk, our relationships, our struggles, and our Christian conduct. And finally, we got to this point a couple weeks ago where we entered the spiritual realm and we talked about spiritual warfare and prayer and the power and importance of prayer. And today it all culminates in this verse where Paul talks about sharing the gospel. Doesn't that make sense? After all that we learned, we end in this place where we go now share it. And I'm so looking forward to what God is going to unveil to us tonight because evangelism has changed my life and has impacted me deeply. And I'm very excited to share that um, with you guys. So let's read Ephesians 6 verses 19 and 20. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen. So the Apostle Paul is asking for prayer here. He's asking that, we know that even though it's a prayer request here that we're reading that he asked for him, this is so very much part of our lives as well. We're also called to share the gospel. And so this prayer can be our prayer tonight as followers of Jesus that we can also fearlessly share the gospel. Now, I understand that this topic of evangelism can be a little bit uncomfortable, it's challenging. For a lot of Christians, it's hard. We're afraid. We're afraid of not knowing what to say, of being awkward or not having the answers. We don't quite know how to engage. But look what Paul says twice in this passage. He says, pray that I may fearlessly make the gospel known. Did I read that right? The great apostle Paul asks that he may fearlessly share the gospel. The, if you know anything about, about Paul, you know that he was a great, great evangelist. And I wouldn't think that he would ask that he would go fearlessly to share the gospel. So if you're here tonight and you're already, oh, I'm not sure about sharing the gospel. I'm a little bit insecure in that area. Area, you're not alone. The apostle Paul prayed that he may also go without fear, that that fear would be broken for him to share the gospel. Now, as I said, we're just coming out of this uh, portion talking about spiritual warfare. The apostle Paul was actually 
in war for the gospel. He was fearful of something that was real. He was in jail because of the gospel. He was threatened to be killed because of the gospel. So there was actually a real thing that he was afraid of, which is a little different than our reality. We, we can agree on that. However, I see that this is all under this umbrella of the spiritual warfare that we're in. I believe the enemy doesn't want us to go out and share the gospel, right? He wants to present fear. Whether it's something real out there or something in our minds, this fear paralyzes us and stops us from going and moving the kingdom of God forward. Paul asks for prayer, and this is a legit prayer request. This is absolutely something that we have to pray, not just for salvation, for sharing the gospel, but that this fear in us may be broken. Why are we allowing this fear to paralyze us? Think about that. How often do we pray for it? How often do we come to Jesus honestly and say, hey, Jesus, break my fear to talk about you to other people. Do we pray that? How much do we pray um, that he would make us bold to share the gospel? So let's dive in into this, this prayer request that Paul, he's talking about here, you know, sharing the gospel. But what is it? What is to share the gospel? What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus, right? So before we talk about sharing the gospel, we need to know what the gospel is. And I was, I was meditating about it and praying about it. And I got this picture of a balloon. Now I'm a mom, okay, and I love parties. So God speaks my language. So bear with me. Um, if I ask you this, I need your interaction, okay? What is this? Balloons, right? These are balloons. And what is this? Balloons. All right. They're both balloons? Yes. Do they look the same? No. Why are they different if they're both balloons? This one, somebody breathed air into this, right? And these here have no air. As I'm thinking about the gospel, God reminded me that when he created us, literally, he breathed life into us. This is what he created us to be. He created us to look like this with fullness of life. However, we know that mankind have cho has chosen a path that drives us away from our source of life from that breath of life. Light came to the world and we chose darkness. God wants to give us life, but we choose death. And then you look around and you see a bunch of people living like this. This is what fires me up to share the gospel because God's heart is that we're all filled. He wants to give us life. Right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He wants to breathe life into us. We want to share the gospel because our heart breaks to see people 
living like this. If you think of a balloon, is this the purpose of what a balloon was created? No. No balloon was made to be like this. The balloons were made to be like this. And that's the same with us. We, wouldn't, we weren't created to go around life surviving each day, deflated, empty. God designed us to carry the fullness of his life. And that's the gospel. And that's why Jesus came, because he wanted to bridge the gap and reconnect us from that blow from God and blow life, his life into us. That's why we're created. Now, when we talk, when we talk about sharing the gospel, if we understand that our uh, relationship with Jesus, it's not that following Jesus is a relationship and not a religion, why is it that suddenly sharing the gospel becomes a lecture and not just introducing a friend that you have? If the Holy Spirit is in you, you carry his life and you have his authority to breathe life into others. And that's our calling as we, as we go and share the gospel of life of Jesus. Now, you may think about it and say, I'm saved, but sometimes I feel very empty. And I say, yeah, absolutely. That's why we need to be connected with Jesus daily. And a couple weeks ago, I was just experiencing this very bad day. You know, some days you're just discouraged and you're not feeling so good about yourself, you know, filled with self-doubts and I was just a mess. But I hadn't talked to anybody about it. I was just, you know, internal conflict. And then a friend of mine texted me out of the blue. She had no idea what was going on and she texted and she said, hey, you've been, you're in my heart. I was praying and God gave me this picture for you and I just want to remind you that you're this and God uses you this way and he has a purpose for you and here's what Jesus is for you. And she was just speaking truth over me in that text that was completely unexpected and each word that she typed was like a breath of life back to me. I'm like, yes, this this is caring life and sharing life. This is carrying the gospel of Jesus and blowing, blowing as we go and as he leads us. Now, it all starts with love. You can't breathe life if you don't carry love. The heart of evangelism is a heart. You have to love in order for you to share the good news of Jesus. So if you read through the gospels and the, the stories of Jesus and his interactions with people, you see that that's how he operated. One of my favorite stories is when he raised uh, Lazarus from the dead. You guys may be familiar with that story. Jesus gets to the city where Lazarus died and he got there a little too late in, our, in their perception. Lazarus had passed away. And when Jesus gets to that city, he encounters that crowd just crying and mourning over the loss of Lazarus. And Jesus uh, looks at that crowd. He faces that situation. And the Bible says Jesus wept. 
My entire life when I read that scripture, I'm like, sure, of course, his friend died. Of course he cried, he's sad, moving on. Until one day I realized, well, but this is Jesus. We're not talking about any other regular person. Jesus knows all things. He knew what was coming next. He knew he was about to bring Lazarus back to life, right? He even said before he got to the town, he said, don't worry, he's just sleeping. He knew what was coming next. He knew what was going to happen after he cried. So why in the world did he cry? Jesus faced our brokenness. Jesus in that moment, he stared at the face of what life is like when we're experiencing death. He saw the brokenness of mankind and he wept. His heart broke because their hearts were broken. Jesus, before he goes on to uh, work a great miracle, he feels, he cares. And if you read every miracle, every healing, everything that he operated, first it says, and Jesus felt compassion for them. And Jesus saw that woman. And Jesus listened to that man. Before the signs and wonders, before breathing life, before bringing salvation, he loves, he cares. And that's the heart that we should nurture within us when we're talking about going and blowing life. I want to blow life. I want to share the gospel because I care. Because I look around and I see brokenness and I see death. And nobody should live as deflated balloons. Now let's go back to Paul's prayer. Notice what uh, he asked. He asked for the direction of the Holy Spirit. He says, pray that whenever I speak, words may be given me. So like I said, Paul was a great preacher. He was a great apostle. It surprises me that he should have to ask that words would be given to him. You would think that after preaching to thousands and thousands of people, he kind of knew that, spe that speech pretty well. He knew the script. He knows how things rolled, right? But yet he asks that words would be given to him. He asks for that direction of the Holy Spirit. Why is it? Paul uh, reveals to us here that first of all, we can't do anything without God. We can't do anything without his leading. It's an attitude of humility. But it also testifies that sharing the gospel is not about having experience, which he had, about having training, which he had. It's about being led by the Holy Spirit in each occasion. It doesn't matter how many times you have done it, a million or zero. For the next time, you still need the leading in the direction of the Holy Spirit. And Paul, pray, and Paul asks that we pray that words would be given us. It doesn't come from me. It comes from the Lord. Sharing the gospel effectively is being sensitive to how the Holy Spirit is leading in each occasion. Only he knows where that person is at. How much do we know? Only God knows the, luggage, the, the, the baggage they're carrying. 
the hurts, I love saying luggage instead of baggage, the baggage they're carrying, their secrets, their walls. God knows what exactly needs to be done and said in order to penetrate their heart. There's this story, um, this one time that I was talking to a woman about Jesus. And you know, we're, we're talking and I'm sharing with her and what I believed and we're having all these theological conversations that I honestly don't feel so prepared for, but we're doing it and my heart was breaking for her. She was in a terrible situation and I was just trying to share God's love with her but she was full of walls in her heart. She had hurts, she had doubts, and everything that I was saying, it was just going nowhere. Until a friend of mine came along and she said, I'm so sorry for interrupting you guys, but I was just over there and I really felt like God wanted me to come here and ask you if you have foot problems. She asked this lady. And this lady just lost it. She started sobbing because her entire life she had struggled with problems on her feet. And that affected her in many, many ways. And it was horrible and it was painful. And suddenly this random person comes on the street and asks her that God is asking if she had foot problems. One question that was led by the Holy Spirit broke her walls down because she noticed that communicated to her, God sees me, God cares. God is looking at me right now and he loves me. And she was able to open her heart to the love of Jesus in that moment. Everything I would love to tell you is that follow these steps. All I wanna tell you is I figured it out, you guys. Steps one, two, and three, and bam, person will open their hearts. But that's not, <laughs> it's not how it works. There is no script. Each story is a story. And here's another story that happened to me. Several years ago, I was in college, and I was at church, and we're having this kind of a, a response moment that my pastor was, you know, back then was asking for us to, to ask Jesus if there's something that you own that had some value, not financial value, but just some meaning to you that maybe Jesus was asking you to give that to someone. And the point was kind of for you to be detached. You know, if God puts something in your heart, you're quick to say, sure, here, Jesus, here you go. You know, and you're, you're quick to do it and you're happy to do it and you're detached from things. So great. So I started praying. All right, God, is there anything that I value that you would like for me to give to someone today? And I know exactly, <laughs> I know exactly what he wanted me to give. I had this study Bible at the time that was like my most favorite thing in the world. It was, I needed it for survival because it wasn't just because it's a Bible. It had all my highlights, all my notes, all my revelations, all my insights and everything, all my entire journey with Jesus was in that, was in that Bible. It was like a journal. It was my, my familiar place. I had all my, uh, I, I knew exactly where to go, you know, and it was, it had things written everywhere. And it was very, very valuable to me. And God said in that moment, I want to bless someone with this Bible. Not with a Bible, not a new Bible, this Bible, your Bible, my Bible. 
my Bible. <laughs> he wanted to give that to somebody. I said, well, okay, here we go, God. And I don't know if, if you've been in this place where you know you're doing what God wants you to do, but it's painful. So half of you is in pain, and the other half, you feel this wave of power because you know that you're doing what God wants you to do. It's a mixture of feelings. And then I saw, uh, you know, looked at the crowd, and I saw this girl that I had never seen before, and I knew that was, that was the girl. So I got up, and I went to the girl, and I said, hey, um, Jesus wants you to have this Bible. It's been my Bible for many, many years. You're going to see many notes in it. I'm sorry if that gets on the way, but God wants you to have this Bible. And I left. And I was just praying and saying, God, just do what you want to do. A few days later, I got a message from this other girl that I kind of knew, and she happened to be this girl's sister. And she said, Mariana, I have to tell you, you gave your Bible to my sister. My sister, she was telling me, and she just started open her heart to Jesus. And I had just finally gotten her to come to church with me. And then you come from the, in the middle of the crowd and you give her this gift. And that just blew her mind because suddenly he's like, wow, God speaks and Jesus is real and what's going on? And suddenly that little action lit up a fire for her to embrace Jesus and continue to pursue him as she was. And she was excited to explore him in that Bible and all the little notes and explanations that I had in there. See, I wasn't even doing evangelism. I was just doing something that God asked me to do. Being bold to share the gospel is not being obnoxious or being loud. Being bold to share the gospel is simply being faithful to do what God is putting in your heart to do. What is he putting in your heart to do? Go and do it. That's boldness to share the gospel. In, in our uh, walking and following the leading of the Holy Spirit, we are advancing the gospel because God knows what each person needs. Now, how can this apply in our lives? As we're, as we're thinking about it, as we're talking about it, I want to encourage you to be thinking, how does this apply to my relatives, my neighbors, my friends in school? How does this apply to the people I play sports with? Be asking that question. God, would you give me words like Paul asked? God, would you lead me? Holy Spirit, would you lead me? Because you, you know what's needed. Maybe a teacher needs a reminder that her life matters. Maybe your old grandma needs company. Maybe a friend needs a listening ear. Maybe a cashier at the grocery store needs a friendly interaction to know that they're not invisible. There's so many things that are so simple, but that might be just the thing that they're needed to feel the touch of God's love. God is most certainly not in a box. For that woman with the foot problems, it was a word of knowledge. 
for this girl, it was a gift. The, the Bible girl was a gift. But you know what else? That Bible, it wasn't just a bunch of my personal notes and explanations. That Bible was my personal story. It was my personal testimony. It was how I interacted with Jesus. We carry a story to share and our relationship with Jesus can impact others. And that leads us to the second point of Paul's prayer. Let's read again what Paul writes after, after he asks that uh, words may be given him. He says that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Paul says, I am an ambassador of the gospel. He brings this great point that sharing the gospel is not about doing, it's about being. It's who you are. And in case you're thinking, well, Paul was, sure, yeah, I know Paul was an ambassador. I'm, you know, I'm not a great apostle. Well, it just so happens that 2 Corinthians 5 uses the same wording to describe us. We are Christ's ambassadors. Jesus came to reconcile the world with God. And he leaves us with that mission and that invitation to carry on the ministry that he had started. We are his ambassadors as much as Paul was. And being an ambassador means representing him. We go in his name, but it's not just being Jesus. We also go in his authority. If you're an ambassador, you, you go in the authority of the one you represent. Through our lives, we bring the message, a message not, not only from our lips, but we display the impact of the gospel in us. This is who we are. This is what Jesus has done. And I go in his name. We carry our story and us sharing our story with others. There's a power in that. There's a power in our testimony. The spirit gives us what to say, but he also gives us what to display. There's a moment for speaking and there's a moment for showing. This is what the gospel looks like. The world is craving to see what the gospel looks like. People out there, can, they're hearing maybe quite a bit, maybe not, maybe they are, but they wanna see it. What does it look like? And you carry that story. We carry that story. There are so many encounters that Jesus had in the Bible that exemplifies just that. There's the story of the demon-possessed man that he, um, it's this, this crazy, crazy story. This man, you know, he was demon-possessed for many, many years. He, was, he didn't wear clothes. He lived, instead of in a home, he lived in a tomb. He was out of control. He acted a lot more like an animal than a, a human. He used to harm himself. He would 
cut his body with rocks. And people tried to keep him under control because they were afraid he would go and hurt others. And they tried chaining him, but the evil spirit in him would break the chains away. I mean, can you imagine the situation in that town? Here's this crazy man going around out of control, naked, and we're trying to stop him, and he's unstoppable, and he has uh, supernatural strength. Can you vis visualize that picture, that citywide situation? And then Jesus comes. <laughs> That's enough for me. And then Jesus comes. Jesus comes to that naked madman cemetery living man and he saw him and he talked to him and he drove away those evil spirits and they went into the pigs, raced into a lake and drowned and died. It was huge. This was a situation going on for a long, long time. Everybody knew this man. Everybody was trying to fix that problem. Now suddenly, this man comes, they didn't know Jesus, fixed everything, and they came to, the news were going around, and they came to see, and they find the man, now free, sitting at the feet of Jesus, dressed in a sound mind and healed. They can't even deal with that. Is that the same guy? What just happened? How is that even possible? Is that the same person? Now this healed man asks Jesus, Jesus, can I please go with you? Of course, if you're struggling with that for so many years and here comes somebody and radically changed your mind, I'm, I'm, he's a smart dude. Just, I wanna stick with him the rest of my life. Can I please go with you? Please don't ever, ever leave me again. I wanna follow you everywhere you go. But Jesus turned to that man and he said, now you go back home and you tell others how much God has done for you. When we experience the power of God, I confess a lot of times we want to retreat with him. Oh, it's so nice to just be with God. He's amazing. But God says, now go and tell everybody what I did with you. Now go and tell others what Jesus has done for you. You carry a story. That man carried a story. Jesus does something amazing in your life. You go as an ambassador. Display the gospel here. Here's what the gospel looks like. For that man, do you remember what I used to look like? Look what I look like now. See it with your own eyes. Second Corinthians uh, 3, 3 says that your life is a letter that reveals the work of Jesus. I love that. You are a letter. You're a letter from Christ that everyone can read and recognize his work in you. Let them read your letter. Let people know the story that you carry. I want to finish with one last story of this boy that... Um, He's from Brazil, he's from my hometown, from this very, very, very poor neighborhood there. He had a very difficult life. He had a broken family. His dad was an alcoholic. He would go out 
the dad would go out and drink and drink so much that he wouldn't remember his way back home and he would be, you know, lost for a couple of days. And it was just, you know, an absent father. And there's, it, he was one, this boy was one out of five boys. So there's all that craziness and, and they're all just trying to survive. And the mom's trying to raise these kids and they're all on the streets and, and they had to start working early. They were like eight little kids and they had to shine shoes to get some cash and try to buy some bananas or something because some days they would go hungry. He would miss school. He was behind in school. I mean, it was a broken, broken life. And not just on the outside, on the inside. There wasn't an environment of love. There wasn't an environment of care, of life. And in this neighborhood, there was a barber shop. So this boy used to go to this barber shop and hang out with the barber. And this barber started telling this boy about Jesus. And he started sharing Jesus' love with this boy. And he started sharing his stories. That barber, as an ambassador, started to see things in that boy that nobody had seen or acknowledged before and encourage him with that and share love and share Jesus. And one day, this boy opened his heart to Christ, gave his life to Jesus, and he started you know, growing in his faith. And the barber was so proud of him, encouraging him, cheering him on. And then he brought his dad to Jesus. His dad opened his heart. And suddenly you see the ripple effect. And that boy turned out to be this great, lead, that great influence in that neighborhood, in that community. And he grew up to be a preacher who continued to share the good news of Jesus in that place. And that boy is my dad. I stand here today as a testimony of the power of the gospel to dramatically change somebody's life, to dramatically shift the trajectory where you're headed. We carry a story. This is how my family was significantly impacted by one person who was fearless to share Jesus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I praise God for that barber. I praise God for his boldness to share love, to breathe life into my dad. He was bold to breathe life when there wasn't any. How can we be an agent to change the trajectory that someone is headed? How can we share our own story naturally? Talk about Jesus, what he did to you yesterday, last week, and make him known, making him known through words that are given, through the stories that we carry, how can we breathe life, life into someone today? Let's pray together. I have an invitation for you. You can keep your eyes closed. Maybe you're here today 
but you're on the other receiving end of this story. Maybe you're not in a place to carry Jesus' life. You need Jesus' life. And I want to introduce you to my friend Jesus today.